The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. All right, we didn't know we'd be doing this, but it's another edition of an Arrowhead Pride emergency podcast. On with me right now is John Dixon and Steven Serta. And I don't I don't think this is necessarily a happy emergency podcast. A lot of times when we have the emergency pod, it's for good Chiefs news. This is a little different. After six years of having extreme uncertainty at the quarterback position the Denver Broncos have themselves a legitimate franchise quarterback certainly a top 10 quarterback in the league with Russell Wilson being sent to the Denver Broncos here is the trade package from Adam Schefter the Seattle Seahawks receive Drew Locke the Mizzou product tight end Noah Fant defensive lineman Shelby Harris two first round picks two second round picks and a fifth round pick and the Broncos simply get Russell Wilson and what is a fourth round pick. So Steve, I'll go to you first because I think when we're first talking about major deals like this, we're always wondering about your initial reaction. What were you thinking when you first heard about this trade? I mean, I was kind of believing Pete Carroll and Russell Wilson headed into this where you know, Russell's met with our guy, Rob Stats Guerrero from SB Nation, Niners Nation, uh, ahead of the Super Bowl and said, oh, Seattle's the place that I love. Seattle's where I want to be. I want to continue to try to win championships here in Seattle. And then Pete Carroll saying, no, teams have called and, you know, we've gauged their interest, but we're not looking to move him. We have no interest in doing that. So I was going in the offseason like, all these rumors about big name quarterbacks leaving, none of that's going to happen. Like everybody's going to stay put and we're not going to see anything like this. And Denver's only option is to, you know, go with a retread veteran quarterback like that, or to try to go draft somebody because we know the pieces are in place there. This is a really good football team. And now all of a sudden they make this deal and it's like, it's hard not to look at their roster and the talent and the young players that they've accumulated over the last several years and say like, This team has a chance at being a Super Bowl contender. Like this team, even more so than the Chargers right now, just today, the way those rosters are made up, the Broncos are a problem in the AFC West now. I think the entire AFC West is a problem. I I think that was my initial thought, and I'll, I'll piggyback off that a little bit. 
you were dealing with a division which before Justin Herbert became a thing was a one quarterback division. And it was just such a layup to make sure that the Chiefs at least were finishing first. I don't think the, the bye week was necessarily guaranteed, but Patrick Mahomes simply was the best and there was a huge gap and it was everyone else. Then Justin Herbert got in the mix and you realized, okay, well, there's one quarterback in the division who can can play, but it's better than than three. Now you have Russ Wilson and you have Derek Carr and you take Wilson out of the NFC West and you inject him to that Broncos team who was pretty good otherwise than the QB position. And I think without a doubt, you're looking at the best division in football. And it's been a long, long time, John, since the AFC West has been this competitive. Well, that's certainly true. Uh, I'm not. I'm not sure. I'm quite as worked up about this as some people are. I think it's fair to say the Broncos are much improved with Wilson at quarterback. But you know, we've seen this. We've seen this movie before. And yes, in that movie, the Broncos went to the Super Bowl a couple of times and won one. But this isn't going to help them over the long term. This is the same. The same uh, road the Chiefs went down for so many years. Uh, let's let's trade assets to get a. Uh, an aging quarterback that's got some championship experience in his background. And that can work for a while, but it can't work for the long term. That's what we learned. And man, Denver gave up a lot of assets to make this deal. Yeah. It could work for the next five years. That's what what I'm thinking. Yeah. I, I think it's a little bit where I'll disagree a little bit is I think it's a little bit different than Peyton just because what's Wilson's age? It's, it's 33. I mean, he could reasonably play, you know, for another seven, seven years. And I always think, and and this is kind of goes back to that point that I'll always say, if you don't have a quarterback in the NFL, you don't have anything. And, you know, with draft picks, draft picks are are always interesting because the trade happens and you, you look at the picks and, you know, you say to yourself, okay, man, that's a lot of draft picks, especially the two first rounders, but you have Mm -hmm. to nail the first rounders, right? I mean, one of the chiefs first rounders that just came to mind, and I don't know why he was the first one, but it's D Ford. Ford was a good player, right? He had that terrible, I think, end to his chief's career, which I think he's judged maybe a little unfairly on, but he was a, he was a good player, but I don't know if I would say that the chiefs necessarily nailed that first pick. And so you go from, being in flux and the, and the Broncos have realized this for, for a long time. We're in flux at the quarterback position. So we might have a talented receiver like Cortland Sutton. We might have a talented receiver like a Tim Patrick, a, a Jerry Judy. And then it doesn't matter because you don't have the guy to, to throw them to him consistently. And so you look at what they gave up from a player standpoint as well. Shelby Harris to me is a good player. I, I pulled this from, from PFF. Harris has an overall PFF grade of at least 76 in each of the past four seasons and can cause problems against the run in the pass. This season, he had 27 total pressures and 19 defensive stops on only 441 snaps. They gave up a really, I think, up and coming and what was second tier approaching first tier tight end and Noah Fant. Mm-hmm. But that yep. just means to me, uh, Steve, that they maybe have further belief in Albert O. They, they were in a position where they might have had two tight ends and and quietly, I think more so than like the Philadelphia Eagles were with Goddard and Ertz, where both of those guys can really play the position. So I, I think you sacrifice that. It, it's a ton of picks like we just mentioned, but now you have all of these weapons. You have a good running back. You have a, g- a good uh, line. You have a good defense. And then here's the other thing. 
this deal comes a day after Von Miller was already kind of flirting in going back to the Denver Broncos after the Broncos uh, were able to receive two picks for him to go to the L.A. Rams and win a Super Bowl. I got to think Von Miller's going back to Denver. I mean, I know you can't guarantee that. I know he just won a championship in L.A., but for someone who said my heart will always be in Denver, this might be one of those really rare scenarios where you see a guy traded, it's a rental, and he goes right back to the other team. Well, and so, yeah, I, I think it's a guarantee that Von Miller goes back to Denver now. Like, you go win a Super Bowl at the Rams, and then he goes right back to Denver. And he was honest when they traded him that he didn't necessarily want to leave Denver. He loved playing in Denver, but he understood the situation and said, you know, send me to a good team. And they did, and he got a Super Bowl ring out of it. So, but when you look at the makeup of this roster, the way it, it presently sits, and obviously they're giving up draft picks, but they were already extremely talented and they're still going to have a little bit of money to work with. So I think that Von Miller is for sure going back to the Denver Broncos and they've got cornerstones on their defense already. Like Patrick Sertan, the second looks like he is a superstar cornerback as a rookie. And Jeffrey Simmons is one of the best safeties in the NFL. Bradley Chubb is still young enough that you think you could still get a lot of a lot more production out of him. And then, yeah, their offense Jerry Judy, who we still haven't seen be a, a tier one wide receiver in the NFL, but I think all of the talent is there. They just needed somebody who could get him the ball because he's always open. And then Tim Patrick and Cortland Sutton are both big wide receivers who can make plays down the field. Like you think of those Russell Wilson moonshots to DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. He's going to be able to do that with these players. And then they have a rookie running back in Javante Williams, who looks like he can be an absolute superstar at his position. The Broncos have to beef up their offensive line a little bit because it's not great. And right. same thing goes when you look at a team like the Chargers, their defensive line and their offensive line are, are both the issues that they have to address this offseason. But if they do that, if the Broncos still spend some money and try to figure out their offensive line situation, like all of a sudden those two teams are looking like they are a lot closer to the Kansas City Chiefs than I thought they were going to be heading into the 2022 season. I just look at the Broncos and man, they have just been so mundane and boring for so long. <laughs> and they've just gotten their ass kicked by the chiefs every single time. They have no quarterback. They decided to hire a, a, a defensive head coach in the midst of what is a young offense resurgent league. And I, I, I say that and, and you, you might say, Oh, well, Andy Reid is in the sixties. Andy Reid is an outlier there. He basically is a young, he's got that young head coach, creative energy so you don't necessarily need that in kansas city now you have nathaniel hackett who goes there nathaniel hackett by the way was the offensive coordinator from 19 to 21 with the green bay packers while aaron Rodgers was winning mvp so the thought process there is probably look russell wilson hasn't really looked like russell wilson in recent years but this is going to give him some new energy it's going to be a fresh start it's going to be a great head coach i think to pair him with and those offensive pieces are in place. The Broncos made a point of it during last season. It was unique where they're signing these receivers to extensions and locking them up ahead of time. And you're like, what are they doing? Like you guys are, are starting Bridgewater and lock at this. And I just think it was this grand plan. It didn't necessarily work out with Rogers. Rogers had been connected to them quite a bit. Rogers ends up staying in green Bay reportedly signing a four year deal, which was earlier this morning. And then now you get the other chess piece to fall, which is Wilson uh, going to the, the Denver Broncos. I have a point here, and, and, and this is just about the AFC West. 
And this is a hard point to hear. And and I I'm not happy to say this here on the Arrowhead Pride podcast, but this screws all of these teams when they're going after one buy in the AFC because these days of the Kansas City Chiefs just easily mm. winning six division games are over. I'm not saying they're not, they're they're going to lose a, a a a lot of these games or even be sub 500, but three in the division now, four and two in the four and two in the division now is excellent. Excellent, mm-hmm. especially when yeah. you consider that Derek Carr sometimes has these games where he he plays the Chiefs well. Now, instead of it being Patrick Mahomes, big gap three quarterbacks, it's three quarterbacks, big gap Derek Carr. <laughs> You'll never feel for the Las Vegas Raiders, but they are are so far in the most important position from the rest of the division. But now you have these four games a year. Four of the 17 games are either go, going to be against Justin Herbert or Russ Wilson, and now also you have Derek Carr, and Derek Carr tends to play the Chiefs better than it seems like any other team. Maybe that's just being here in Kansas City. (laughs) That's six tough games. That's six really hard games, and when you have to have the the two, it not being the two-by thing, I think, John, that's where I'm getting hung up, and that's where I think this stinks because it's just going to be a lot harder to have the best record in the AFC with this hard schedule each and every year. Well, I think it's I think it's we should note that Derek Carr has a long history of playing badly against the Chiefs. It's only been in the last couple Recently. of years that he's That's played correct. well. That's correct. And and that and that is scary because Carr has played a lot better in the last couple of years and the and the Raiders have been a lot more competitive against the Chiefs in the last couple of years. Uh let's see what happens, you know, with a whole new set of coaches in in Las Vegas. Maybe that continues to happen, maybe it doesn't. We don't know. Mm-hmm. Um and yes, this is going to make Kansas City have one of the toughest schedules in the league once again, just like they had in 2021, because they've got going to have a very difficult uh, path within their own division, uh, much less against the other first teams that they'll have to play. Three games on the schedule are based on uh, last year's results. So they got to play uh, three first round teams and they got to play these other AFC West teams with a lot of good quarterbacks. So you're making a really good point there. It's going to be a lot harder for the Chiefs to get to that uh, first round bye, and and it, it once again shows uh, that that's kind of a problem. That it's 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 not uh, it's something that we are going to miss in the coming years. That there's another bye that comes after the first round, the, that number one bye. And I want to be clear here. That's not a negative about the Chiefs. It's just looking at the mm-hmm. other yeah. divisions, yeah. right? Because if you're in the North with the Bengals, right? You're Joe Burrow. Now you're playing Mason Rudolph, Baker Mayfield, who has not left the part, <laughs> Lamar Jackson, who is very injury prone, it seems. Isn't it going to be a lot easier for the Cincinnati Bengals to win the AFC by than it is sure. the Chiefs? Yeah. Same thing. Mm-hmm. That's that classic Patriots Brady going up against these scrub teams. And that was the ultimate advantage. And, and it was the advantage for so many years. And what, what is tough, I think, for, for Chiefs fans and, and supporters of the Chiefs today is it seemed like a couple of years ago that that was the setup for Mahomes. And then the Chargers nailed their quarterback in the draft. And now you're having mm-hmm. to go to the Broncos yeah. in what is still his early 30s. We're at the same age. So I'm going to say early 30s. Um, so, um, you know, just just trying to, to go on, on that side of it. But, you know, you look at these other divisions, the South, for example, uh, you have the Titans and then maybe the Jags. So, you know, I don't know about Ryan Tannehill, but when you look at the Colts don't have a quarterback, 
The Texans quarterback is David Davis Mills. We'll have to see with Doug Peterson and Trevor Lawrence. The Titans are better set up, and you actually saw what can happen this year when the Titans are better set up with their schedule. They can win the bye week and not even look like a team that should ever be dreaming of winning a bye week, and it just got a little bit harder for the Kansas City Chiefs, I, I think, in, in that regard. All right, I want to go uh, one more time around the room for any other points here, Steve. I'll, I'll, I'll start with you, and then we'll shut down the, the emergency podcast here. Like, I don't think it's ridiculous to say that the Super Bowl contender in the AFC is going to come out of the AFC West now. Like, I, I don't think that's mm-hmm. hyperbolic at all. And it's going to look much more similar to the NFC West, the way that we've seen it over the last several years, where – these teams are all really, really good, and they're all going to beat up on each other. Josh McDaniels is probably like, I should have stayed in New England. What was I thinking? Why? He's like, can I do what I did to the Colts again? Yeah. Can, I, can I take it back and go back? Yeah, because now you look at the Las Vegas Raiders, who like they, they're thinking, oh, we got this new regime in place. We're moving forward. We've got all that stuff, the, the Gruden, the Henry Ruggs. we got all that stuff behind us. We're looking towards the future. We're trying to build this thing. And now all of a sudden you've got three potential Super Bowl contending teams in your division. And you're just like, all right, this job is awful now. So I I still think the Raiders can be a problem, but I I think these teams are absolutely going to beat up on each other, but it's not out of the realm of the possibility where you see all three of them make the playoffs next year, because Mm -hmm. that's how good all of these teams are going to be. And again, we haven't even reached the NFL draft yet. So there's still going to be opportunity for every single one of these teams to make improvements to their rosters. We haven't hit free agency officially. So like all of these teams could still get better, but man, the top three teams in the AFC West are head and shoulders above everybody else in the AFC, except for maybe the Buffalo bills. I'll even go a step further and just respond to you, Steve, and then we'll, we'll throw it to you, John. There are seven teams in the AFC. Now the Raiders were the fifth seed with Rich Passaccia as their head coach. Josh McDaniel is, supposedly a much better offensive mind and, and could mm-hmm. yeah. do something with you might be talking about every team in the division for the first time in history making the postseason which would be insane and the fact that that is even a possibility is is just nuts and if that were to be the case then you could guarantee that none of these teams are going to be the bye week team and that, that's a, a tough road each and every year so john i'll, I'll throw it to you yeah, a couple of things that uh, one of the things that struck me after looking at the compensation they gave up for uh, for Wilson, uh, I wonder if this deal would have looked about the same for Aaron Rodgers. I wonder if this was the deal they were putting together uh, to to show to Green Bay, and then when Rodgers signed his contract, it's like okay, next man up. Um, that would be interesting to me to to see what they would have put on the table in order to get Rodgers. And the other thing is, is I'm looking at uh, Wilson's stats over his career. One of the things that stands out to me is that, uh, let's see, he's been in the league for 10 years now, I think. Is that right? Yeah, I think that's 10 years. And last year was the first year he didn't start every game. He played in 16 games uh, in all of those seasons until 2021 when he played 14. So you're talking about a guy who has been extremely available uh, to his team, and that's a good thing for the Broncos. That might be one of the reasons that they wanted to get him. But you also have to wonder about a guy who's got that much wear and tear on him at age 33. And uh, for the Broncos' sake, uh, you're going to want to 
get another couple of good years out of Wilson, but I, I think it's fair to wonder if he might be at the end of that, that glorious string of, uh, of, of games where he's been the starter and has played in every game. We'll just have to see. You know what the Chiefs need to do today is go out and give Malcolm Butler a futures deal. Really just get in the hand <laughs> of Wilson right away. No, I, I, I think it's been a long time, and, and I'm sorry to Joe Flacco, so I'm not counting him here, but it's been a long time since it really felt like the, there was another Super Bowl champion in a division. And that could change yeah. a, a mindset uh, of an organization. I know that this is probably bad news for Chiefs fans today, but this division, I think, for the general NFL fan, is going to be a lot of fun to watch. Mm-hmm. I, I yeah. really, I really, I mean, it is going to be competitive each and every year. And that's, I think, the biggest thing I could say coming out of today, and is just that the vision is improved, and and it's and it's definitely no longer a guarantee that the Chiefs are just going to be able to roll over everyone else. It was starting to head that way with what the Chargers were doing and, and what you saw from from Herbert, and sometimes the Raiders were spicy, and now the Broncos suddenly, I guess for lack of better terms, re-emerge into that mix. So Denver Broncos trading Drew Locke and a package for Russell Wilson. Thank you to Steven Serta. Thank you to John Dixon. This has been another edition of the Arrowhead Pride Emergency Podcast. Mm-hmm.